0: Conference realignment fever is in the air and the podcast is not immune. In fact, Plum and Grek have just formally declared their intent to divorce themselves from the pod and form a mega podcast with Curtis Blackwell and the Upper Deck Jerk Guy. For as long as it exists, you're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves to Wolverines, Spartans Can Talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined, of course, by my co-host, the three-star Slenderman, who is big mad there's a four-star man joining the Spartans, Kevin Greck. Greckers. I missed you, buddy. How you doing?
1: Oh, Michael Jones. Oh, it's, you know, it's so difficult to leave you under these circumstances. You know, I've, I've thought of this podcast as the big... You know the Big Twelve of MSU fan sports nope. podcasts. Yeah, work on this. Do
0: let's um, workshop this analogy right now. On, yeah. it,
1: on it. You know it's um it's the, it's got some big brands in it. You know your plums, your Grex. Um, <laughs> oh. It moves. Uh, it moves fast. It's like high octane on the offense. Um, Doesn't care about defense. And uh, two of its members are uh, off for greener pastures, uh, leaving you. Greener? Get it? uh, Yeah, perfect. Perfect. Yeah. (laughs) It's that kind of wit that makes me think that maybe we're making a bit of a mistake, but we're probably not. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Leaving you the Iowa State of podcasts. I prefer Um, to think
0: of myself more as the Oklahoma State. mm. No, cancel that. Kansas. I'm definitely an AAU member,
1: but we'll get into it. Uh, I'm sipping on a uh, a Lake Haze uh, IPA from Big Lake Brewing in in Holland, and I like it. This is uh, this is nice. Did You'll you hear that? To- that was that like a deeper crack of the can because it's like a full pint. It's not one of these. Yeah, it had a longer hiss downstairs. to it. It had like
0: mm-hmm. a. It was nice. Mm. Um this is nice. I'm I'm very happy. Bring one for me when I see you this fall. when
1: uh, you're here, like leave it in your room next to your towel and your um washcloth. Washcloth, please? sure. Yeah. And, yeah, we'll we, have hand soap, individual hand soap that we'll put on there for you. <laughs> yes, that's what I would
0: like. Uh <laughs> yeah, I'd like my gift basket to be beer. Uh Anyway, folks, uh, thank you for listening to us. Um, It is an exciting episode with a lot to actually talk about between media days and uh, basketball news, yada, yada, yada. We'll get to the structure of the show in a minute. But in the meantime, if we could ask a small favor, please share the pod with Spartans in your life. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get podcasts. And, of course, follow us on the old Twitter machine, at Spartan underscore pod. Kevin, I'm going to cut you out here. Folks, if you're just joining for the pod for the first time, welcome. It's a good time. This week, we have a couple segments. We've got a green wall segment, which is always on the pod, where we review the news from the prior week. Uh, this week, we've got, as I said, some Curtis Blackwell news. We've got some media days. we got some commits. We've got some basketball commits. And then we had off Grand River, where we are going to talk about news that is not MSU-centric. And, of course, we are going to take your Twitter questions Kevin, we got to get ready for some position previews, by the way. It's almost that that time of the season. Almost
1: as exciting as these basketball commits. I can't wait (laughs) to spend time on this. It's depressing. (laughs) We will. Uh, All right. The sport that always leads football. What do you want to start with? Media days? Uh, Yeah. Well, let's. So we got added a fair amount uh, on Twitter this week about comments being made in the media by Curtis Blackwell about. Uh, Mel Tucker's coaching regime. So maybe we start there. You know, we never really shut the book on the whole Curtis Blackwell saga. The judges did. It looks like Curtis is trying to turn the page. See how I didn't mix metaphors there? I kept it all (laughs) together. That's the kind of uh, podcasting that the future upper deck jerk guy Curtis Blackwell crossover megacast uh, can look forward to. Like and subscribe mega, that mega cast. megacast megacast. Um, but walk us through Jonesy. What we, what we know about um, the man that still controls sound mind, sound body in Detroit and how he feels about the MSU Spartans at the moment.
0: Yeah. Well, so obviously sound mind, sound body uh, are, are for the, well, for those who don't know, it are a series of camps um, that, are uh, for for football players that started in the Detroit area, but have have grown nationally and they are run by Curtis Blackwell, former, for lack of a better term, sort of a, a, a recruiting director coordinator yeah. for Michigan state. You see previous pods. If you don't know this stuff, he got arrested and then sued MSU for a bunch of stuff. It was really gross and ugly. We're not here to talk about that other than to say that it's important to know that, uh, Curtis Blackwell left MSU on bad terms and then sued MSU and Mark D'Antonio and lost a lot there.
1: Uh, MSU, you know, didn't settle, didn't cut him a check. and uh, Victory for MSU, baby. Yeah. I, I, we never really covered that. Like, and in the end, when the dust all settles, was that worth it, that decision? But anyway... Victory um, for
0: MSU. Okay,
1: there you go. Uh, no, but so, so what's
0: interesting though is that you you look at that and and a lot of people had, the conventional wisdom has been that because of that soured relationship that MSU's ability to recruit Detroit had been forever tarnished because Curtis Blackwell was a guy that had deep roots in Detroit was very well connected there and and so the presumption was is that that things were ruined. And and I think you and I before we started recording last week maybe had talked about that some an interesting piece that had come out of the athletic article on on Detroit recruiting was that maybe that conventional wisdom wasn't quite true, right? And and that it, we also talked about before we recorded, and it's worth mentioning now, is that it, there had been a sound, modi, a sound mind, sound body camp at Ferris State a few a handful of weeks ago, maybe in June, that Mel Tucker actually spoke at. Mm-hmm. And so what was interesting is, is that if you assumed that there was a partial bridge burn to Detroit and definitely a bridge burn to Curtis Blackwell, well, Mel Tucker, though, was just at his camp kind of interesting, um it seems that Curtis Blackwell, to your point, Greg, is willing to turn the page and Mel Tucker is willing to hand in hand turn it with him and do what everyone's willing to do what's best for MSU and the student athletes that might want to come here.
1: Yeah, could be that. Could be that Curtis Blackwell needs MSU around. And it could be that MSU thinks that it net benefits from being involved in sound mind sound body. So yes. these might not be the best of relationships but it does seem that they've come to a bit of an understanding at least for the moment.
0: Yeah, um you know and and it's look I I think it's complicated cuz I mean I think it's fair to say that as, as a podcast, we're not institutional defenders of MSU that, that we've been more than willing to, to say, uh, we can do a lot better on a number of things, Sure, but that uh, Curtis, and, and I think there's a fair conversation to, to be had to your point earlier about whether MSU should have settled, but um, you know, it is fair to say that we agree that Curtis Blackwell should have been let go. Yep. Uh, and that he was a, uh, you know, that what he did was um, a problem and and term uh, you know cause for termination, and so it's it's just very strange. It's not a bedfellow that I love having. Um, I do understand why Mel Tucker might have done it though.
1: Just to be pedantic. Um... He was not let go, Curtis Blackwell. His oh, yeah. That is extremely
0: pedantic. Was yes. just
1: not renewed after having actually been renewed on a also, monthly
0: basis for a while. But anyway. Kevin, uh, Kevin, Kevin, this is can't read, can't write. You're not allowed to say words like pedantic.
1: I don't think I used it properly, you, you did. or I don't you did. I don't you think did. I pronounced it correctly. Uh or I'm just a puppet that um yeah, anyway. Um I'm you know, this is all me uh sort of practicing for the new pod anyway. So um (laughs) can read can't write. Can read is semi-literate and then Plum is the too literate. (laughs) Semi-literate, too literate. I don't know what it's gonna be. Um I ideally I would love it personally if Curtis Blackwell just went away. But the fact of the matter is that he's not that the city of Detroit and the high school coaches there don't seem to have a problem with him and his conduct when he was on campus at MSU. and well, It's a uh, national brand now. I mean, he's doing camps in Texas. Great. I, I,
0: I'm just saying that, you know, the reality is, is that Curtis Blackwell has built a brand and, and, you know, that something that's compelling about Sound Mind, Sound, Mind, Sound Body is that uh, it is it's not just merely football camps. There is a lot of classroom education that goes into it. So he has a differentiating product. But, you know, I yeah, I'd like to say what he did was unforgivable, but the reality is, is that it's a way to access top prospects. And so I don't know how you, how is it possible for MSU to say, and its staff to say, what he did is unforgivable, and so therefore we're not going to participate in it, when The folks down in Ann Arbor don't care that he, you know, covered up or deleted evidence in uh, as it relates to sex crimes, and I'm—I don't mean to throw that slander at Ann Arbor as if they did something to facilitate what Curtis Blackwell did that was wrong, but they're—they're not caring. Yeah, Texas
1: doesn't care. Yeah. So what we need is for the fan bases (laughs) at every other major institution to care. Right. And and so. Uh, we're going to talk about this when we get into the conference realignment stuff. If, if there is no critical mass of people willing to do the right thing, everyone's just sort of going to go along with it. It's a bit of a negative feedback loop. So we're kind of stuck here and there appears to be a bit of an equilibrium. Um, And maybe it's the right decision. Maybe it's us and our stuff that we would prefer to move forward without Curtis Blackwell. Maybe that, maybe we're just.
0: Maybe, maybe Curtis did a thing that is worthy of being fired or Mm non-renewed and that we're hypersensitive to it because of everything else that was going on at the exact same time that, that makes us think that we should just burn it all down
1: and and because of his conduct and the conduct of his representation yes, and they're acting in bad faith throughout but yeah, anyway no, that's 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 also fair that's also fair anyway um, it like i said we appear to be in equilibrium right now um, with somebody and Sound that's a net that,
0: if you at least yes with the camp with its director in his capacity as a director and and that's a you know probably a net positive for Michigan state.
1: Are you just saying camp as much as possible to raise plums, (laughs) blood pressure out there, wherever he is. That's our, our little subtle troll because he couldn't be bothered to be here this week. I just, I just want to let him know that, that he's
0: been relegated to listener instead of host. So that's, that's my way of doing it. Uh, Anyway, um, let's, let's chat about media days. Yeah. Um, I think the, the two, I want to turn to you for some of your takes from, from maybe some of the the Q and a session, but there are two things that Mel Tucker said during his, his 15 minute bit that were uh, one was insightful. One was hilarious. Uh, First insightful. 90% of the team is vaccinated uh, and they're they're doing everything possible to get everyone vaccinated. Um, Obviously they can't mandate it. Yeah. To my knowledge, but, They are they're they're presenting as much education as possible to try and get people to get vaccinated. Ninety percent is, you know, it's better than the vaccinated population population, of Michigan. So, yeah, of eligible people, it is better. Um, The the other, though, is actually, you know, I'm curious on your take on this. Mm -hmm. Mel Tucker said that Michigan State was his dream job. Yeah. Okay. So are we, are we all LOL on this or, uh, is it, you know, it's not a bad job. Sure. No, listen, in fact, it's a great job.
1: Yeah. I, I agree with Mel Tucker. I think when you are entering your 18 month on the job, that's the time to mention that it was your dream job the entire time. Not when you accept the job, not when you're doing your first game as the head coach. Um, It's at media days, your second media days.
0: Um, No, first. These were his first media
2: days. Okay.
1: But, I mean, it's hardly the first time he's been put in front of a a microphone. Uh, I don't know why Mel decided this was something that he wanted to say. Um, the cynical part of me thinks that like, this is Mel kind of acknowledging that maybe maybe there's some negative
0: recruiting too about him. Yeah,
1: perhaps, you know, maybe he jumps around a little bit too much, maybe, you know, whatever it is, whatever it is that he's, uh, up against on the recruiting trail, but, um, it's a very good job. It's a job that coaches, uh, there's another coach. In that made comments about coaching at MSU along the lines of like, I wish I, uh, I wish I could have stayed, but there was tomfoolery with my contract and the president at the time who hadn't yet left for a rock. So, um, <laughs> if it was good enough for Nick Saban, it's probably good enough for Mel Tucker. Um, I, I, I did have a bit of an eye roll though. When, when he said those words, it, it seemed odd to me that it took this long to say something like that if it if it worked for. Her.
0: Yeah, I I do wonder if yeah, if there's a bit of a, a a negative recruit out there, and and we are in on a on a recruit who um, uh whose brother was at Colorado when Mel left, so you know it is it is possible that that was to an audience of one, um, but I you know I I do, I do wonder. Like, if you're Mel and you're at, you're at Colorado, right? Mm-hmm. You have the Pac-12, which is a joke of a conference. And, and you think, I might be able to build something here
2: mm-hmm.
0: that is respectable.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: not great, because it's the Pac-12, but, like, respectable. And that might get me the calls to the SEC when one of those things opens up. And then Billy Beekman comes back and backs up the Brinks truck, and you've gotta say yes. Yeah. Like that's my thought, is that he he might have said no, or like, I'm good, or I don't think you're taking me seriously, and Fickle's your real guy. But either way, you know, you could see someone passing. For not enough money, like like a lot of money, right? Because you think you can do well enough in Colorado to get the job elsewhere. Yeah, within a few years. But six mil, six mil, right? Like
1: And I think we're going to talk about brands and talk frankly about where MSU fits in the college football or yeah. college brand landscape. I mean, the MSU brand in football is not a top 10 brand. But it is definitely a top 25 brand. It's probably somewhere in the, the 20s, somewhere you know, high teens, low 20s, something like that.
0: And if you, if you combine revenue sports, I would say it probably is a top 10
1: brand. It, I mean, it's certainly higher than that. Um, so it, it's certainly higher than the numbers that I gave before. So one of those jobs shows up and there's a you know, private plane sitting at the airport ready to take you to East Lansing. Yeah, right. I mean, you take it. When it's available, right? right? Yeah. Like,
0: if if it was a it, you know if they had doubled his salary, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You might say, nah, I think I might have a shot at a different thing. But you could, if you if you sustained Kirk Ferentz level success at Michigan State, you're not going anywhere,
1: Mm-mm. right? Like, mean, we it, just had one of those. We just had one of those. Yes. So sustained better than Kirk Ferentz levels of success. So, and in
0: fairness to to Mel Tucker, you know, you look at the people who departed this off season, whether sort of willingly or unwillingly, uh, and you know, to to your point about critiquing recruiting in, in past episodes, it's very clear that Mel Tucker is here to win.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, he got a job offer. Not just at one of the schools that's capable of going to the college football playoff, but one of the schools that has been to the college football playoff. And
0: and for those who might be curious, that's when it was four teams. <laughs> I just put that so, in a historical record. Uh,
1: uh, you know, maybe this is a bit cynical of us. Maybe he, as he spent his time here and he's thought about this a little bit more. Maybe this is true. Maybe he's starting to, you know, think that actually this could be a really long term play for him. I think when people – when he got hired, I don't think anyone really expected that one way or another he would be here much longer than six years, seven years, something like that. The duration of his contract, contract, yeah. Yeah, one contract extension maybe maximum. He'd either do well enough to get yep. another gig that he wanted, a, you know, a Georgia or something like that, um, or things wouldn't work out. Maybe he's starting to feel that this Mark D'Antonio guy might have been onto something. And this is a place we're sticking around at. I don't know. We'll find out. I,
0: yeah. Um, so anything else notable from the Tucker portion of, of Media Days that that is worth mentioning?
1: You might disagree with this, but I, other than some individual player stuff, I think not really. Okay. You? Do you think that uh,
2: so? No. I, I mean, you know, uh, it's... Yeah, there, it,
0: it's not meant. It, media days. There's a reason that the media rolls their eyes at them, and I, I'm over the media rolling their eyes at them because, like, it's it's your job, guys. Yeah. But you know, it, it's it's a hype train, and and that's and that's what it's there for. And I, I like it. I, I'm not going to be mad about it. Um, I do. Can we talk about the players for like a second? Yeah, of course. So notable that it was all. And not all defensive players, but it was as we talked about last week. Um, no quarterback was going to be coming, so it yeah, was, yeah. We,
1: we kind of speculated on the players, and then that turned out to be not that just, exciting,
0: yeah. Uh, so it was, um, uh, uh, Jalen Naylor, mm-hmm. uh, Drew Beasley, and Xavier Henderson, which solid crew, yep. And so. I'm curious for you, mm-hmm. but what the some of the interesting news that came out was about positions where we were curious how things were shaken out with transfers. so two things stood out to me first mm-hmm. was that um why can't I not think of his first name Walker? yep, the new running back is good Hey Walker. Kenneth Kenneth Walker, yes, Kenneth Walker. Thank you, is good uh, and uh, co-signed by both the guys on defense as good. The other interesting thing was that they were asked about who the most competitive guy on the defense is, like does not like to lose, and they gave a shout out to Quavarius Crouch, the new the 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 Tennessee transfer who's going to be linebacker that's kind of interesting to me only because that's a, a position group in particular where there were some question marks.
1: Yeah. I mean, good transfer pickup is what that sounds like.
0: Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you would want a guy who's a linebacker, sort of the, the, the quarterback of the defense, if you will, to be holding people accountable to not want to lose. And, and it sounds like they've got a guy there who's doing that. and, And that's a testament to that's a guy who's already blending in with the team. So a lot of the the questions about culturally, how are all these transfers going to shake out? It sounds like we've got a net positive here. Mm -hmm. Anything else you want to say?
1: Well, there's a roster out, and there are some answered questions. There was some speculation out there about, say, a Ricky White, for example. There were some rumor and innuendo out there that and he did
0: not participate in the spring practice. Also.
1: He's on the roster, so there's one face from, from last year that you can expect to see again, um, at least at the moment. And then- A Wolverine uh, Mal- slayer. Worth, what's that? Worth,
0: a Wolverine slayer, yeah. worth mentioning every time.
1: Yeah, okay. the people know who Ricky White is. Um, <laughs> and then Malik Carr, who was the wide receiver transfer from Purdue, uh, now formally elicited tight end. So that was a-
0: <clears throat> A four-star tight end coming out of high school.
1: Yeah. And a speculated position. Tight end is a little light right now in the spring. uh, It was, it was mentioned that the, you know, the best tight end was not on scholarship. Um, So good to have that as well.
0: Yes. Uh, I think with the shout out to the, um, uh, the freshman tight end who his name is also escaping me. I'm having a terrible podcast right now. Um, But I'm not
1: bailing you out on that one.
0: Um, the addition of, of Malik Carr. And then obviously, hey, you can say what you want. Tyler Hunt, converted punter, was a bright spot at a bad position.
1: <laughs> like, I mean... So Tyler least- Hunt continues to be one of my favorite stories on the team. You know, it- whether or not he's, you know, I, I kind of hope Malik Carr takes those minutes, but takes those snaps. But um, he's like a good it- story. It's funny it, to talk about in defense him. of Tyler hunt.
0: He is a guy who's clearly going to push people for playing time. And this will be a full season in which he gets to be trained as a tight end. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, and you know, we're all wondering if Trenton Gillison is going to finally live up to the four-star hype. Uh, so um, here's what
1: imp- what's important in all of this as these media guides and these paid magazines subscriptions start coming out with your, You know, like prediction that MSU is going to come in last. That's where I'm headed. Yeah. Take it all with a massive grain of salt. I mean, this is a new look MSU football team with a lot of new faces. And those guys don't know anything to begin with. Um, Much less, you know, breaking down all the film for all these transfers and, you know, speculating how they'll all gel together. I mean, it is. I, I mean, there's what. 30 new scholarship players on this team right now. Something like that. Like yeah. something crazy. So, I mean, in in the same ways that
0: I think, and maybe it was just sort of uh, the the sort of same old Spartan nonsense hadn't quite been beaten into us yet when we were in college. But in the same way that you could approach every season with a crazy amount of optimism, because, I mean, say what you want, those John L offenses could score some points. This feels like a a season that there's no reason to be pessimistic. We went two and five last year. This isn't the same team even close. (laughs) I mean, I'm not saying we'll be good, but like, if you want to be optimistic, you're entitled. Um, All right, Kevin, we, since we last recorded and we had nothing to talk about, we've had two commits. So, Let's, Let's go through st-
1: these pretty quickly. So yes, you want to take Simba Carter and then we'll, we'll talk the legacy?
0: Yeah. So Chase Simba Carter is a, uh, a three-star defensive tackle um, who is an interesting prospect. He's 6'6", 215, which is incredibly light for a defensive tackle. Um, he's out of Minnesota. But what's interesting about Chase Carter is that dude, also a three-star basketball player with D1 offers including apparently Florida and Minnesota. So, it so why I bring that up is that the weight aspect of being a defensive tackle is going to be fixed pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you couldn't you couldn't play at D tackle weight and play serious basketball at the same no. time.
2: Nope.
0: Um He is also very good friends with 2022 basketball target and teammate Trey Holloman. So there's that. um, And has been uh, active in trying to recruit some other guys. Um, He seems to be culturally a really great ad. Uh, The the kid is, um, I don't, it's fun to listen to the guy talk. Like he, he seems like he's going to be a really great culture fit at MSU and a, a a hope I I hope a great leader someday on the team, um, but is uh, is a, a guy with a bit of a chip on his shoulder and uh, and and should be should be a nice addition, um, who I believe is uh, also in his class. Yeah, Alex Van Sumeren would be would be the other D tackle that MSU is recruiting. But um, yeah, uh, love the ad. He he he's going to be great. Uh, he he will be a great Spartan one way or the other.
1: Yeah, I, I love this. It fits perfectly with the next uh, commitment. Uh, Antonio Gates Jr., who is being called a legacy, even though his father never really played for MSU. Uh, mm-hmm. Devotees, a little history uh, of the program. Antonio Gates Sr., of course, you know, like multi-time pro bowler tight end. Um, originally enrolled as a tight end at MSU for a Nick Saban football team uh under the pretense that he would also play for Tom Izzo when he found out that Nick Saban intended for him to primarily focus on uh on football he went to junior college for a rest season and then ended up at Kent State so um it's just it's funny to me how we, there's so many guys right now that are going to play both football and basketball. Uh, and at the same time, here we have a case uh, with Antonio Gates's son, where Antonio Gates ended up leaving campus uh, because of this kind of situation not working out. But uh, we're not here to talk about Antonio Gates. We're here to talk about Antonio Gates Jr., Jonesy. Tell us about our four-star man. Yeah. So
0: Antonio Gates junior is, um, so he's a, he's a composite four-star prospect at, uh, not that anyone cares, but he is nearly a, a 90, um, 24 seven has him as, um, the fifth best prospect in the state of Michigan, 33rd best wide receiver in the country, uh, that tracks down a little bit if you use the composites, but either way, a, a huge, uh, huge pickup, Uh, From a from a comparable offer list, um, actually, which if I may uh, briefly go back to Simba Carter, um, a a thing that's worth mentioning about uh, Simba Carter is that his offer list is going to be a bit different because he was a two sport athlete that it it kind of messes up um, uh, his his commit list. But anyway, um, so. Antonio Gates Jr., um, his peer group, I'm just going to call it the big ones here, uh, Arkansas, Cincinnati, Coastal Carolina, Florida, Illinois, Iowa State, Kentucky, Maryland, Memphis, Nebraska, Ole Miss, Penn State, Tennessee, Pitt, Vanderbilt, West Virginia.
2: um, Those are the big ones. Um, So uh, he's a... He's a big
0: bodied wide receiver. That's what Uh, I was going to say. This is not
1: a speedster guy. This is a possession receiver. This is a, you know, get out there, run your route.
0: And, and, and grab me, grab me eight, grab me nine, grab me 10, 15, you know, like, uh, he's dude's got some, you know, I know they're all highlights, but he runs quality routes. um, and because he's got such a big physical body, you know, even, even a 50, 50 ball, he's able to really, you know, use some sort of basketball skills, if you will, to like box out a guy and, and grab that ball. And, and importantly, um, one of his skill sets that is, according to others, it's not like I've watched all of Antonio Gates Jr.'s film, but is that he is a uh, able to really catch the ball away from his body. So he's got, he's got great hands. um, You know, you, you'd you like to believe and assume that he's going to translate to the next level, but either way, this is the consensus highest ranked pickup um, that of, of this class, second highest ranked of the Mel Tucker era, and those who are more in the know than can't read, can't write, seem to believe that there are going to be some more four stars that roll in in this class, so...
1: But none of them will be wide receivers. I know there were some other wide receiver prospects for this class yeah. that were highly touted. I think, I think this is the door closing right on um, wide receivers. I, I mean, you know, yeah, what they picked up,
0: um, Keon Coleman last year. They've got this is the second one this year.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, probably. I mean, yeah, and they, they, and I feel like the last year or two of Mark D'Antonio, there were those were larger wide receiver classes. So I'd assume so. Right. Yeah. yeah I particularly think so. if you, get, if you have another year out of Jaden Reed too. Yep.
2: Yeah.
1: Yep. I, th- I think so. So very exciting. Welcome aboard Mr. Gates. I apologize for mostly talking about your dad. Um, but very, very, very exciting. Uh, on the subject of new Spartans coming to campus. Yes. Should we go to basketball?
0: Yes, I know we're running long here, and I don't care because this is a great, great week of <laughs> to be a Spartan. Uh, it, it at least an entertaining week to be a Spartan,
1: anyway. Bro, Michigan State. I, I honestly do not know how much we should talk about this. Like,
0: all right. So I'm just going to run over it real quick here, and go then we ahead. can just have we can have the broader conversation real quick about what the point is because it is. So I woke up, hop on Twitter, and see from some goddamn newspaper in
2: iron mountain
0: (laughs) that there's a preferred walk-on transfer coming to Michigan state to place to play hoops. And then I see there's another preferred walk-on what's what's I have. All right. So I'm going to name their names. No, we'll get to the names in a second. You have two scholarship spot openings. Mm Mm-hmm. And you're giving up preferred walk-ons?
1: Like, what does that even mean
0: at that point in time?
1: I don't know. I honestly... <laughs> like, what is Tom Izzo doing? The only good thing about this situation is that the, you know, the program itself didn't release this information with a lot of fanfare. Like, this had to get ferreted out. Like, I, don't
0: think, I don't think they're allowed to, in fairness.
1: Okay. So Michael Peterson is transferring what? from Michael from Ferris State. Yes. Um, 6'6 senior. Um plays about 30 minutes per game for Ferris. Um, and then from Western, uh we have uh uh guard Jason. transfer, redshirt junior guard transfer Jason Wins. Um who plays I've got his stats up here. I mean he he's a starter. For the most part uh, he started forty seven
0: forty seven out of fifty one games
1: twenty three minutes a game uh last season uh eighteen starts in nineteen games, so neither of these guys should be contributing to teams in the big ten so i I don't know what this situation is. I don't know what preferred walk on means in this case um you yeah, like who Who might those scholarships go to? I don't know.
0: all right, I so real quick though some things some things of quick note about Jason Witten's because there is a bit of a debate about Jason Witten's. first of all, he's listed at six four one eighty five. I've heard that that's not quite accurate that he's he's bigger than that.
1: um that's not usually
0: the way that the media guy goes by the way. Yeah, it, no, I know. I know.
1: infrequently <laughs> under. No. Would underselling you, the height and the weight.
0: Would you say though that uh that Western has it together when it comes to basketball? Um so that what's interesting is that uh first of all Jason Witten's uh, three point percentage is uh big trash. But is a high quality free throw shooter. So normally those things correlate together. If you're good at one you're good at the other. Um so, you'd like to believe that maybe that can be coached up? Reportedly, he's actually a high quality defender. So, there's a debate going on among people who are hoop's heads, if you will, yeah. as to whether Jason Wittens is merely here to, and both of these guys are merely here to like improve practices, or with so many freshmen coming in, if Jason Wittens is a proven defender, at the D1 level. I mean he did start a lot of games at you know the D1 level and played respectable minutes at the D1 level. Is he here to to allow Tom Izzo to pull guys from the game to coach them and keep them in check um without a without a defensive drop off.
2: Okay.
1: If these guys see the floor <laughs> It's a concern. It's a big concern. These are not power five prospects. Let me ask you, did you think tum tum was a power five prospect out of high school? Sure. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, I, and also, you know, I'm not here. I'm not here to debate his, this by lost the way. His job. So
0: yeah. Well, I mean, did he lose or did he never really have it?
1: Hmm. Mm.
0: But, but anyway, look, I'm I'm happy they're here. Welcome. Go green. Uh Jason Witten's, for whatever for whatever it's worth, if people didn't know, was offered as a preferred walk-on out of high school. Um so you know, there there had been always some interest in on in him being on the team. And it's not as if in fairness, Kevin, it's not as if there isn't a historical path. For preferred walk-ons at Michigan State to see meaningful floor time. You yeah, have it, to you have to admit that.
1: Yeah, sure. There have been good uh preferred walk-ons in the past. You know, Mike Keebler ended up actually contributing to the team in some way, you know. Kenny Goins. Kenny Goines hit a big shot, even though that wasn't the call out of the huddle. Um, so are you it, mad at Kenny? <laughs> no, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. <laughs> It what is, are you just saying? It's a concern if these guys have to get minutes. The good news on Witten's uh, three uh, three point percentage is that he seems to know about it. I'm um, looking at his stats here, and there were one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games that he played in last year where he didn't even attempt a three point shot. So keep yeah, that it's up.
0: Not, it's, not on, it's not on volume. Keep that uh, up, Jason. It, all right, um, that's more than we need to say about them. So um,
1: this is well- the meat of the show: conference realignment off Grand River. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Did we even talk about this last week? Is that no? How- it had it hadn't happened yet. That's how fast this is moving. Yes. So let's assume that the that our parts of our listenership don't know. Please explain why why we're bringing this up.
0: Okay, so it was reported in the past week that Texas and Oklahoma we're planning on leaving the Big 12 for the SEC. Now, I think it's worth saying at the front of this for those who again, assuming you don't know many of these things, um the Big 12 is uh one of the Power 5 conferences and these would be the two largest brands from that conference. The um obviously the SEC is by some considered the most uh, powerful and important football conference. So you'd be taking two massive brands and adding it to an already stacked deck. Um, and that all of these things are legally complicated um, with yeah. with media deals, et cetera.
1: And with state legislatures. Uh Oklahoma, the state house in Oklahoma, is going to have hearings, I I think, about this.
0: Yeah, um, about Oklahoma and Oklahoma State having to be in the
1: same. Right? Yes. We uh, heard that before with a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away in realignment uh, where there was speculation that Texas couldn't go anywhere without Texas A&M. And then Texas A&M just went to the SEC on its own. So Yes. We've actually never seen, to my knowledge, one of these situations play out, but it looks like it might here for Oklahoma State and Oklahoma.
0: Yes, uh, I believe the majority leader or something in the Oklahoma State House is is very intertwined with uh, Oklahoma State, and you get the T bone Pickens money. But anyway, yeah. so this is um, this would bring so there there are some dominoes that are falling here, and the reason we're going to spend some serious time on this is, first of all, Kevin, I, I, let's lay out the, the the sort of questions that we want to talk about here. I, I think first is, um, pragmatically, what happens? Because you have now S- the SEC bolstering its ranks with big brands. Yeah. And you have the Big 12 losing its two largest brands, which on the one hand, the Big 12 would maintain its Power 5 status. So it is still a conference that people might want to join. But on the other hand, it is a conference that's imploding. And so its members might want to flee. And so with that power vacuum, and then you have for for us here at Michigan State and, and other listeners of the Big Ten who might care, you have the Big Ten who very much does not want to see the SEC become the conference. Right. They want to remain in the debate. So- that's very important. You don't want to go the way of the Pac-12 and just no one gives a shit about you because you're garbage. So there's that. Um, so the the first question is, what does this mean? How does this happen? What's going to happen next? And I think the other question that is most relevant, and it's weird because I I don't think either of us want to go all all old man because we are pro name, image, and likeness. We are pro probably, I think, expanded college football
2: playoff. Sure. But
0: this feels like we're marching towards a place that I don't know that either of us love, which is, this doesn't feel like college sports (laughs) at some point in time. You know, if we're all under one banner of college sports, you know, because it, and I guess as we enter that conversation, it's worth framing that football always feels a little bit separate from the NCAA and always has been largely separate from the NCAA. And so, you know, it, the bowls aren't managed by the NCAA, the NCAA doesn't make any money on them. The college football playoff isn't managed by the NCAA. Right. And so you've got all these things by the main money maker for athletic departments that are not, meaningfully governed by the NCAA. And so you're starting to see an important tearing happening here. So that I want to tee all that up. So Ken, let's start first with your thoughts on the moves and uh, what might happen to the big 12 and then what the big 10 should do. If anything at all.
1: Well, let's just start with Texas being a loathsome institution. Like, like, how could you be such a piece of shit? <laughs> truly, Texas is just a poison pill. Everywhere it goes, it just destroys. Like, um, you know, going all the way back to the original realignments in the early 90s, the, the birth of the Big 12, that was all a mess. They haven't done anything for a long time. They have this most favored status in the Big 12 media right now where they just soak up a disproportionate amount of money. Plus they have their own media network. They are a loathsome group that I hate that I kind of wish was coming to the big 10. I hate myself for that.
0: Do you think they seem like a perfect
1: fit for the sec? So
0: as a yes, I mean, culturally, yes. Um, I don't, I think their, their donor base would be more insufferable than Nebraska's donors, but
1: by a by a factor by a yes. uh, by a a primary unit by like just an unbelievable amount.
0: They would be uh I I think I think I would I would rather have a conversation with nope not going to say that never mind. Anyway, Their the digit I don't remember. What is it? But anyway, but so, it, do you think though that that some of this is Texas having to eat some humble pie because they will not be
1: the big dog in the in the SEC? I think they'll be a big dog. And in terms of brand, they're oh, walking sure. in and being the big dog in the SEC right out of the gate. You you don't think Alabama holds that title still? No, I don't. In, in terms of like overall brand of the university? No. Uh,
0: I mean, Texas could open the checkbook and pay someone like Nick Saban. Sure. They've tried. They, they, oh, they I guess those they those rumors they, have swirled. And they, they did also just hire uh Sark. Right. So yeah. It was what there. a coup. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, man, like, but Texas right.
1: is oh. one of the biggest brands in college sports. There's no yes. getting around that. They've got a like $50 billion endowment because of oil money. They, you know, they've got one of the hundred thousand person stadiums. They've got the, the horns. Um, they are horns down, baby yeah yeah it they got a like they works. got a rule change on horns down it It's a huge move. it's a coup for the s e c They took basically Texas controlled a conference to do whatever it wanted to do, and it still decided to go to another conference
0: and and I think we should be clear though for again, for people who don't know why Texas might control that conference because Texas has been bad like the joke is is that every year is is that Texas is back and they're not
1: individual I mean, seasons, individual, you know, just trajectories, those types of things, largely irrelevant for this conversation. I think,
0: right. I mean, but I, I think, and this may make some listeners grumpy, but, uh, I think you could say that Texas and Michigan are quite similar.
2: Oh
1: yeah.
0: I mean, neither is good at what they purport to be good at but they are massive brands that get dollars.
1: I mean, Texas is like a way bigger version of everything that Michigan thinks it is, minus the <laughs> academic stuff.
0: Right, it's right, it's yes. more money,
1: it's more football, it's more people, it's more it's more 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 more. Yes, um, but
0: but it is way. but it is I I think there's quite a bit of similarity, you know, both academic academically prestigious universities, both you know, historical football powerhouses, I guess, but neither particularly good now, though. Uh, yes, to your point, as good as Michigan thinks they are, I don't think they're so delusional that they think they could have their own TV network,
1: which Texas does. Um, Yeah, but no one watches it. So anyway, here's <laughs> what's important about this. The but yes, the- uh, oh, I was just going to say that Oklahoma,
0: though, I think it's worth saying, Oklahoma is also a massive brand, not nearly as big as Texas, but is the only really good team out of the big 12. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So, so anyway, I I just thought it was worth saying that too.
1: So you have. Biggest brand, best team, the biggest band and the best team, basically two programs that controlled a conference, still deciding to leave it, which just means that the big 12 is dead. Effectively. Sorry to Baylor. Sorry to. You know, Texas Tech, sorry to West Virginia. But the Big 12 is adrift uh, right Kansas,
0: now. which, you know, it's actually not a terrible basketball
1: conference. Well, I mean, when Chris Beard was there, maybe. Um, yeah. But I guess Chris Beard's still technically in the Big 12. But anyway, so here's what's important. SEC is pushing the narrative here. They have the initiative. Um, So what is the big 10 going to do right now? If you judge by media, uh, by media contracts, the big 10 is the biggest ticket in town, but not by much. The SEC is very close behind. This is going to necessarily kind of push the SEC over the edge. I think, I think that's fair to say. So now yeah. the, the Big Ten is in a position where it has to decide what is its next step going to be? Do you add members? Do you join some kind of affiliate network? What is the next step?
0: Yeah, because I mean, this is, you know, and we're going to get to this more on the like this kind of all is a bummer, but this is a question of it, it, it's sort of a, a Cold War proliferation thing that we're doing right now. The SEC is getting bigger; it's getting more money. The Big Ten is going to have to respond in kind. Yeah, um, and to be clear, the SEC is the Russians. If you watched Red Dawn, they're the Cubans invading. <laughs> just to be very clear about who they are,
1: yeah. but
0: but so, but yes, yeah, so that's so you have to choose. Right, Kevin, correct me if I'm wrong. You have to choose from independence, an imploding Big Twelve if you're going to add to your
1: ranks, right. Or do you try and pick someone off from a different conference? Or do you decide you don't need full-time members? You, yeah. Notre Dame right now is in a, a very, very nice position with the, the ACC where the ACC is like, um, you don't Some really need a member, yeah. but, uh, you can have whatever you want in the meantime. um, so you can be an affiliate member now adding in teams, it seems like there's really only one from the big 12 that I would be interested in. And that's Kansas. Um, you look at the ACC and there are some programs there that are interesting, but I wonder how interested that they would be like, is North Carolina going to join the big 10?
0: Well, so can we, can we take a, a, a hot second and, and talk about, cause I do think this is, this matters that, That to be a member of the Big Ten, you know, you will have people who will roll their eyes or say this is inherently a sports league and like who gives a shit about academics. But the Big Ten has decided that they give a shit about academics, right? And so there are there are things that matter as to whether you become a member of the Big Ten historically. Those are how many TVs will turn on sports for us. Yeah. Um, that that is one. What do you spend slash make on athletics? Is another. Are you good? Or and and to be clear, though, those other two things, the TVs in particular, can mitigate uh, look, whether you're good. See Rutgers,
1: and also see Nebraska. You know, your uh, your podcast host is one of those people rolling his eyes a little bit when you talk about the academics. Nebraska was not,
0: you know, well, uh, no no no. So let's so the other piece is there's a, a a collection of universities um called the AAU and you have to receive accreditation by the AAU that without spelling out all the details is you're you're a really good research and academic institution. The Ivy League, a lot of the AAC, some of the Big 12, not all um and some, not all of the Pac 12 are members. And all of the Big 10, except for Nebraska, are members. And Nebraska was a member and lost their accreditation. Well, they
1: got it because they joined the Big 10. <laughs> um, so I, I like uh, all due respect to Kevin Wilson. Like, what a run. Like, you, you walk in to be commissioner of the Big 10. Kevin Warren, you mean? Kevin Warren, sorry. My apologies yeah. uh, um, you have to deal with the first global pandemic in 100 yeah. years uh, yeah. in your first year. and now I mean this was brewing. you know we knew that something was going to happen eventually. so I hope that there are plans for this, um, but now you've got to do what what could be one of the like one of the late game stages in conference realignments. Do you buy, let's start with the top. Do you buy that there could one day be a super conference of say 20 of the top 20 college football brands, 20 of the top 25 college football brands, something like
0: that. Didn't Dabo make a a comment about relegation recently?
1: Do you, well, I don't, I don't care. He's a football robot. Um, Yeah, no, I don't care what he thinks about anything. Do, but do, do I think there
0: could be a games. super conference? Um, I mean, in the same way that people are currently saying sources, Ohio State and Michigan are looking at leaving the Big Ten for the SEC. No, they're not. I, I'm not buying that for a second. So long as the current structure exists as it is and the Big, the big Ten remains a relevant conference, which
1: even if they didn't
0: add anyone i think the big 10 is still a relevant conference. very relevant
1: very, i mean this so, is so, all about eyeballs and the big 10 is producing every institution in the big 10 is producing another 10,000 eyeballs a year so so i don't see ohio
0: state and michigan particularly ohio state like let's be honest guys like you have a you have a path through to to the college football playoff like you're not you're not leaving Um, Yeah,
1: but what could happen with all of this realignment is that the college football playoff as it currently exists totally changes. Well, that's a a lagging indicator, the college football playoff. The college football playoff depends on what happens with the conferences. You know, so uh,
0: do I do I buy that there's a Super League, you know, like, well, Kevin, you might as well ask me, do I buy that someday we'll we'll divorce all of this from schools entirely? and, And like. Because some people say that, right? That we'll just that football eventually will just spin off from schools entirely. Yeah. Um, I don't buy that because I don't know about you, but I assume it's the same as me. The only reason I care about college football is because of my college. Right. So, no, like, I'm not going to continue to, w- w- they can't even use the name Michigan State. And they probably, if they spun off, couldn't use the name Spartans. Like, I'm not going to care. Now, whoever spins off from the University of Michigan, I still will loathe. I want to be very clear about that. Um, garbage program all the way through. But no, like I'm not I'm not buying the Super League and I'm honestly not buying I'm not buying def- detractors from the Big 10 either.
1: Mhm. Um,
0: would you believe Ohio State would leave? I mean, that's that's. I the mean,
1: they kind of played with the idea of going independent for COVID. Like, I yeah, but they have a huge conference that they control right now. Like, let's be honest, they effectively control the conference. What oh, they for wanted sure. football to come back, and it did. So, they yeah, their medical
0: people were leading the way on all of the COVID-related things for for the Big Ten.
1: It. It net benefits Ohio State to be in a conference that has a lot of swing that it has a disproportionate controlling interest in. Yeah, but so did Texas. Yeah, I honestly don't entirely understand this move from Texas. Truly, like. You have to I I honestly don't entirely get it. So
0: what? What was your other question? You had other questions on on your list of like. Let's start with the. Do
1: you believe there's going to be a super league? So your answer for that is no. The next yeah. one is. What? Just say, let's say that it's super clean. It sort of follows the, you, you know, the format that we've seen before in conference realignments. It means that the Big Ten is going to add two teams as a result. What yeah. What are you thinking for these two teams? I'm going to take the easy one and say. The only remaining brand of any real relevancy. Again, I apologize to everyone else in the Big 12. Kansas. joining the Big 10. Fits ac- academically, fits athletically, fits roughly the geographic uh, footprint. Yep. So let's say that. Notre Dame has a pretty sweetheart deal with the ACC, but maybe you take another shot at that. What do you think? Is that something that you would want?
0: Well, so the, the, yes, the compelling argument to Notre Dame, I think would probably be because they're getting absolutely slandered by the, the new, uh, college football playoff rules. Now they may say that they believe in the long run that their brand is so strong that they just don't care. And, you know, I remember when, when they signed the deal with the AAC or the ACC, there was there was actually a really great article, uh, and I forget the writer now with the Athletic who who wrote about this and sort of their long view. I mean, in the same way that uh, people will say that Catholicism has like a centuries long view of yeah. of things, and that you know you can hate that at times, but like there's some people would argue there's romanticism and charm and, and wisdom in taking a massive long-term view. Notre Dame instills that teaching in a decades-long version. And so Notre Dame's sort of belief is we're effing we're Notre Dame. Like, I, we don't care. And so we'll figure it out. And, and people and the ACC clearly said some Notre Dame is better than no Notre Dame. And so we'll let them do whatever. And the big 10 to their credit or downfall said, yeah, but we're the big 10. Like, we're not going to let you do have with us. I don't think the big 10 loses that, that thinking. And I don't know that they should. So I would like Notre Dame. I don't want an affiliate deal from them though.
1: No, I agree. I I don't want an affiliate deal. There is a legend, I don't know how true it is, that Notre Dame got within hours of joining the Big Ten, some 10-ish years ago. Um I it's really interesting to me. I think their their MBC deal. So you have to be yep. really in the weeds in this stuff. For a long time, every and it's still, still the case, um, uh, yeah. but every home game at Notre Dame gets an NBC uh prime time slot. Um it used to be a huge advantage to them back in the day. I think the degree to which it's an advantage is deteriorating year over year. Well, now, the
0: last time we had that conversation, the Big Ten network was not what it is now.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. And I don't think that NBC, if they want to continue this relationship, is that interested in showing you know, Notre Dame hosting... ACC schools. I think they'd much prefer that they were hosting uh, Big Ten schools. And I don't think that... um, I, I would really like to know what Notre Dame thinks being attached to the ACC, which, assuming that the Big Ten responds in some kind of way to all of this realignment, it just means there's going to be further consolidation in conferences that aren't the ACC.
0: Well, which leaves the ACC in a well, shit. What are we gonna do?
2: Yes, in in
1: multiple ways. Like, I mean, the Pac-12 is already pretty marginalized, right? Am I wrong? I I mean, the Pac-12 is a conference that already one year for you know college basketball only sent one team their automatic qualifier, and then for football. They have this huge, huge time zone disadvantage, where two thirds of the, you know, uh, of the college football watching public are asleep on the East coast. Yeah, they're they're asleep for for anything but noon games over uh, and
0: over and on- to in basketball too. By the way, yeah, right. Like, I mean, so you're yeah, you're you're getting and and maybe this is. We, let's wrap this up because I think I think that. The segue on that is that the, the heartbreak of all of that, right, is that it is a, it is a uh, nationalization and a monetization of the sport in such a way that we're talking about the Pac-12 as a garbage conference primarily because they've been boxed out over time by eyeballs. Yeah. and And, and if, if you think about it, that means the Rose Bowl should be seen as a shitty, shitty bowl.
1: It, it, no, I mean, I, I see, I mean, I see that Rose bowl, as The MSU basically participated in the last real Rose Bowl. So, right? um, yeah, no. So, so that's because, the yeah. So,
0: so anyway, I, like Notre Dame, yes. Notre Dame, yes, take them. Kansas, there are people who will push back on that because they're not good at football you know, I think
1: it's, it, it, it's, it about is, it's that Jayhawk. The Jayhawk is what matters.
0: Also, Kevin, <laughs> we brought Rutgers in to this conference, and they have since turned their, their their team in basketball. Well, look at the two revenue sports, men's basketball, into a very respectable team. Mm-hmm. Like you can't you can't sleep on them. And let's not Ignore the fact that Greg Schiano, who had them as a ranked team before, has come back and is currently pulling in a very respectable recruiting class.
1: Yeah, I, I don't I'm not that concerned about that yet. No, I've got a couple of fo- more questions on this subject that I want but, to make sure that we. But cover.
0: my point is, is that that it, it, there is a track record of garbage mm-hmm. ath- a- a- or athletic schools. Elevating their game as a consequence of being in the Big Ten. In the Big Ten. That's, so, that's all I'm saying.
1: To that end, if you're the ACC, if you're, if you're an ACC school, let's say a Carolina, let's say a Georgia Tech, something like that, mm-hmm. do mm-hmm. you look at a move?
0: Yeah, so, right, because the existential crisis of the ACC right now is, who do we try and grab? Mm-hmm. And maybe they look at the AAC. Right, yeah, and try and snag some of those schools to bolster the right. like. I could see the ACC grabbing Cincinnati. That that'd be an interesting ad, sure. Um, maybe Louisiana. I don't know, but the I think you're hard pressed to lose a founding member. So UNC's probably UNC, NC State, and um. Mm, can't remember the other two, but I, I I don't think you're losing them, and I don't know that you're grabbing UNC and not Duke and vice versa. I think the more interesting play might be to try and grab Kentucky, out of the SEC.
2: Ooh, yeah, like uh,
0: okay. I, I, so you know, and and the fact of the matter is that the ACC. So. The Big Ten maybe could try and create a, a the counterpoint to the SEC as a football super conference would be, we're really good at football, but we have a basketball super conference. I, I don't know that that really tracks. I don't really think tracks. basketball yeah,
1: makes yeah. any of these decisions.
0: So, you know, I just, Kentucky's interesting because they kind of care about football, but they're not wonderful at it. Um, they're obviously a great basketball school and they're a great academic institution. Um, Pitt to me, like the, the problem with the ACC is that it's actually got a ton of garbage schools from, you know, a broader perspective.
1: Like I do, feel bad for Pitt, Pitt, like
0: when they didn't want him in the big, do you want him in the big 10?
1: It's never going to happen for him. It's never going to happen for him. They're small. Yes. Well, they're actually a pretty good size in terms of enrollment, in terms of endowment, in terms of yeah. academic preference. or In uh, terms of
0: brand, they're small potatoes. They are.
1: That is true.
0: Um, and and I say that, Narduzzi, I wish you the best, buddy. I really want great things for you. I don't know that I do, but
1: that's fine. You don't want um, good things for him? I, I mean, I, I don't know that I want to go out of my way for Narduzzi anymore. Um, I want him to upset Dabo. I want that, and I also want them to beat Penn State if they ever get to play Penn State again. So- the next option is maybe a little bit of a conference realignment, maybe a bit of a formalization of other alliances. Years ago, there was talk about formalizing a, a football, you know, cross scheduling between the Big 10 and the Pac-12. Yes, an ACC Big 10 challenge. Yes. Yes! Imagine if it was just formalized. First there's this idea that the Big Ten should add the four biggest brands from the Pac-12. I think that's ridiculous. Like, I think the I geography think the- of that just doesn't work. If you ever flown to or from California, from the Midwest, it's just, it's a jaunt. Well, Kevin, I think going to Nebraska is already
0: too far. Yeah. I mean, because then you, should, you might be looking at Colorado as an ad. Colorado is not on the...
1: No, I I know they're not on
0: the. I know they're not on the the list, but like I'm saying, that the Mountain Time Zone is too far. It's too far for it for start times for eyeballs. Like it's too far.
1: So maybe you do something else. Maybe you formalize a the Big Ten and the Pack don't play anyone but each other. There, there are no more non-conference games, or maybe there's like one. Or two. You, you should, two. Two tune-up games. Two tune-up games. There's way more crossover. Um, and that is just formal for the biggest revenue sports. Uh, you get way more UCLA MSU basketball games. You get way more Ohio State USC football games. We're excited about the Washington game. Is that enough to answer what the SEC is doing? Something like that.
0: Why not pick the ACC? Though we
1: because, already do
0: it in basketball
1: because those brands, those football brands, are not big enough for something like this. The biggest yeah, football brands,
0: yeah, bro, I know. Let's take the W's. Like we're already a we're already a conference that has a a way into the playoff conversation. Mm-hmm. We're already, a, a, you know, what what if you pick up one or two? One what what if you let's say you pick up Notre Dame. And say, all right, let's do it. Let's go after, you know, the ACC. It, I don't. Kevin, doesn't when this you, all feel gross, though?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I go back and forth on this. this. This is the last point. What does this mean about the future of college sports? Right, like, I on one side it does feel gross. On the other side, I I try to think about when it works it becomes natural really fast. Like our, our fan base has grown to really appreciate Penn State in the land grant trophy at the end of the year. Penn State has only been a member of the Big Ten for 25 years. So these things can become natural in relatively short order. I also... Under the I, right circumstances.
0: I would say... I don't know how you feel. And this really isn't me living
2: in New Jersey, but I'm, I'm over the like kick Rutgers out. Take. Mm. I, I don't,
0: you know, if you give them another 10 years and they hadn't spent the money on, on athletics, maybe you have that conversation, but they clearly have decided that they're going to spend the money. They are a great academic institution and they do give you a lot more TVs. And if you're going to kick anybody out, kick Nebraska out.
1: Uh, Nebraska is like a, it's like, um, you know, the the relationship is going okay, but it's like, are you happy type of situation? Like, does the culture really fit with Nebraska? Would you guys be happier
0: in the Pac-12? Because I think they'd be really happy to have you.
1: I've, I kind of... I like the idea of playing Nebraska in football, but I kind of also feel like the Nebraska, the culture just has never meshed with them.
0: Real quick aside about Nebraska. People keep calling it the Nebraska game, a 50 50 game for MSU. And I have to wonder why that's just an aside. But anyway, um, so I don't, you know, I'm with you. What feels gross about this to me is that there's this, there's a proliferation feeling about all of this. Mm. It does feel existential that the SEC is gobbling two historically and one by modern standards, Mm. very important brands in a conference that was already chock full of really important brands. and. One, two of them, they're both okay at basketball, too. I mean, you know, they're not great, but they're not terrible. Um, yeah,
1: Oklahoma's got some... They've had, like, individual players over the years. Yeah, they, and they Nebraska says, now has
0: beard. Or Not Nebraska, I'm sorry. Texas now has beard. And, and so, anyway, you know... I, it, it there, there does feel a need to, like, outdo this. And, and that feels complicated. And I don't love that. And... Um, and it, and ultimately it is about money and you know, we've railed about student athletes being able to get paid because this is all about money. And so it's weird to like (laughs) hold the mirror up and be like, Hey dummy, this is all about money, but it does. I don't care about the big 12. I don't care that it's imploding because there were a lot of moves during the last realignment that felt like should have been made, you know, Boise weirdly kind of got hung out to dry after some moves they made that felt advantageous. And then everyone else left their conference, you know, there's going to be a lot of moving parts. What's sad is that over time there are going to be fewer and fewer moving parts because Mm -hmm. these conferences are going to get more and more consolidated. And we talk about a power five,
1: we're going to be down to a power four. Yeah, the, if you're the, Cincy, make the move now. Get make the move now. Yeah, you have or to get in somewhere, yeah, or
0: the AAC may try and absorb people to make their conference more relevant. I mean, that's that's the other interesting piece is, is that like, as a group of five conference, the AAC is most primed to be like, "Yo, you guys should pay attention to us." Right. I mean, if they if they absorbed the remaining if they were re- absorbed the top member institutions of the
2: big 12, the AAC would be the, the new power five conference, right? Not by bylaws, but
1: I think, I don't know. I haven't explored this. I, th- I think this is a great subject for another time. Yes. After All I've right. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. All right. Um, two other things
0: off grand river, and then we're going to get to Twitter questions. And this has been a long episode, but I don't care. This has been fun. Uh, all right, Kevin Warren was asked about the Big Ten having their championship game in other places, which feels like a question that he was probably asked people to ask him <laughs> um, because Put a plant out there because oh, oh wow. who who has been asking hey are you are you thinking about maybe not doing this in Indy anymore what uh, and Kevin Warren says yes I'd love to do it in MetLife Stadium. And do a rotating Big Ten championship game. First question for you, Kevin: Is this Jim Harbaugh w- wanting for people to say, "Oh yeah, he's played there"? Like is or uh, is this about eyeballs? Or like what what was wrong with Indy?
1: Yeah, I, having been to a couple of Big Ten championship games right. uh, in India. It's a great place to have that game. Basically, the city dedicates itself to hosting the Big Ten Championship. Yeah. So it's if it was just going to be there permanently, like I'd love for it to be Detroit, but so be it, you know, so be it. This idea that it's going to go, you know, Big Ten, you know, tournament style, and it might rotate around and it might be, but you know there's only, like, what, three places that it could be because yeah. of the cold. Uh, and Detroit benefits from that. Like, yes. Detroit is on that list. But at the same time, I don't know. It seems perfectly fine having it where it is right now. Um, uh, Yeah. It, yeah, It's it's in a place that
0: is central and is in a state where there's not going to be a Big Ten champion ever. So... <laughs> It just, it feels like a fit, right? I mean, if you added Notre Dame, I would, I would understand rotating it, but as is there's not a, a, a yeah, But Notre Dame
1: fans would just fly into wherever it is that was happening anyway. It's geographically irrelevant yeah. for Notre Dame fans.
0: So, all right. So something to keep your eyes on I, I just, uh, I don't know it, it, that it bummed me out. I, I, Indy seemed fine. It seemed great. It seemed central to the big 10. I like Indy having it. Yes, I really do. Even Um, when
1: that can benefit my town.
0: Because by the by, like if you send it to MetLife and you would say also a place that there's never going to be a big 10 contender from uh, it, it feels, you know, it feels more coastal than, than it needs to be. So, um, All right, next up, a brief update on name, image, and likeness. Uh, Because there were two, a tale of two quotes, if you will, about name, image, and likeness. And so Nick Saban, uh, during, I believe, his own media days, or it was like a football camp in Texas or something like that, um, was asked about name, image, and likeness, and he mentions that his quarterback who's not really played a snap for Alabama has nearly seven figures in name, image, and likeness deals going into the season. And then you have James Franklin noted fourth quarter tactician, uh, saying that he doesn't believe that name, image and likeness is a recruiting tool. Uh, I mean, I've known James Franklin is bad as a coach, but he's always been believed to be a good recruiter. Like Nick Saban didn't do this by accident.
1: No. Uh, here's the. Here's my takeaway from this. One of these coaches it's is
2: good.
1: really good at being a coach, and the other one of these coaches is an idiot. <laughs> I think I we mean, can move on at this point. Yeah, <laughs> I think I summed it up. Yeah. I don't even know what you benefit, James Franklin, by just like lying. Like really, truly, like. Did he just not even really think about this subject before he was asked about it? Because because he also
0: coaches for a school more so, frankly, than Alabama that has a national brand. Like I mean, Penn State alone are obnoxious and large. I, I
2: they yeah. be, they I might think-
0: be there. They might be as pretentious as U of M fans and there might be more of them.
1: I think this is easy. I think James Franklin is Is a moron. Yeah. Okay. All right. I think we can move on.
0: Okay. All right. Let's head to Twitter questions then.
1: All right. Go ahead.
0: CT and TC. If Michigan joined the Super League, God damn it. Would you want to continue to play them every year? (laughs) Or have a Texas slash Texas A&M or Kansas slash Missouri Cold War? Is this a they don't play
1: each other, but yeah, they don't play each other anymore. Uh, I mean, I think it's irrelevant. Um, oh, I, wait,
0: can we can we mention that first Jim Harbaugh did identify us as a rival? And can we talk about the quote about, um, we're
1: gonna die trying? Yeah, no, we're not talking about that. <laughs> oh my god, we're just not spending any time on that. Uh, the answer is, I'm not willing to cut off my nose to spite my face, I would still play them. Um, I would be happy about it. I would hate them even more than I do now. So Greg, uh, if you
0: could if you could bring back the Notre Dame rivalry game, which was a rivalry game. Yeah. But you would lose the Michigan rivalry game, would you take the Notre Dame one?
1: Ooh, great question.
0: Thank you. I'll submit it over Twitter.
1: Honestly, that is a great
0: question. Because I, I, you know, it's it's weird. You talk about People sort of adjusting pretty quickly to things. I think we've adjusted relatively quickly to not playing Notre Dame, but that was a. I mean, I, it takes me just a minute to realize how much I hate that school.
1: Yeah. And when we were in school, we played them every year. We played them I every year that we were in Charlie
0: school. Charlie Weiss was a piece of, you know, and I, Brian Kelly also, like, murderer. Noted murderer and a piece of shit. Like, I, I mean, I just. I. Like when Notre Dame and Michigan play each other. I kind of root for an explosion. I love terrorism. <laughs> like, I mean, I just. So, so who would you pick? If it, assume the Super League comes to exist. Mm-hmm. Michigan and Ohio State leave us for the Super League. The Big Ten floundering is like, what are we going to do? And they call Notre First off, Dame. It's
1: just not how it would work this Super League. Like yeah, MSU works. would be involved in some kind of Super League situation. Agreed. Like CT w- Nebraska. I, I hate to break it to you, but MSU is itself a pretty big brand. Not not the biggest brand, but Super League caliber brand. So um, yeah, we would. I
0: think Penn State us. Michigan and, Mich- and Michigan and Ohio state. Probably the brands from that would leave for the super league. Maybe. I don't know. You think, uh, you think anyone from the West would be asked to join? No idea.
2: It
1: doesn't <laughs> matter. I like, I don't think there would be one super league. I think there would be like, a I it doesn't matter. And none of, and none of this matters. I would still play them. Uh, next up from ZT and TC. Right. What's your favorite natural wonder, Mike Jones? Uh, what's yours? Uh you know I've played enough Civ that I should be able to just m- say this. Um what's it called the plateau in uh in Wyoming uh is pretty rad. The plateau in Wyoming? The like from close encounters of the third kind. Like that thing is crazy. Um Hmm,
2: interesting. Thing- Next question. <laughs> well, oh my god, what's that thing called?
0: The Seven natural wonders. So you have the Northern Lights, the Grand Canyon, uh, Paricutin. Don't know. Yeah,
1: Paricutin, Devil's Tower.
0: That no, that's that's in Mexico. No. Victoria Falls, Mount Everest, Great Barrier Reef, Harbor de, de Rio Janeiro, or no, Harbor of Rio de Janeiro.
1: Uh, hope uh, the Great Barrier Reef is not on your list because uh, it's disappearing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been to the Grand Canyon, so I'm going to pick that one.
0: Yeah, but it wasn't your favorite at the time, as <laughs> I recall. <laughs> it was terrifying. All right, next up from CT and TC is, what happens first? Space travel is easily accessible by non-billionaires or the human population dies off due to nuclear warfare, climate change, etc. In fairness, CT, I did see an 18-year-old did make the travel to space
1: yeah i think these can happen at the same time i think that space travel could become accessible to you know middle upper class at the same time that uh fire ravages the planet so uh i don't think you have to have one or the other and uh i'm saving my pennies so that i can go to the what was the matt damon movie where there's the like spinning disc in space um Is this solarium or something like that? Oh,
0: yes. Elysium. Elysium? Elysium.
1: Uh, I mean to be on the Elysium. So, uh, you know, I'm making sound investments right now. Um, Next up from uh, Mama Maple Leaf. God, these are fully numbered. And they're so They always are. Next up from Mama Maple Leaf, number one. There was a Canadian curling commercial from the late 90s where a woman's voiceover says they say football is a game of inches. I wish we had inches. With that reminder that curling is a sport. What is one of your favorite sports ads? I don't
0: get the pun. Like, I mean, I I think I know what they're going. I I I think what
1: she's what she's saying is this is a sport. There was an ad about it. What's one of your favorite sports ads?
0: Um, I'm trying to remember like a sports ad that really stuck with me.
1: Do you have one that that comes to mind? Oh, magic bird converse. Duh. Ah, I've never actually watched it. I just know that it exists. Um,
0: I do recall. I do recall as a younger child, a young child, if you will. um, Ask you seeing converse commercials and asking my father about like what about them made you a better athlete
1: <laughs> i had that with uh the sandlot like wait what are these super shoes <laughs> yes what and the reality is is that
0: oh wait you mean to tell me that they put canvas with like no padding no traction on them and said that these are a good shoe
1: the other one that comes immediately to mind is the Rashid Wallace Nike commercial where it like traces out his Ra the sun god tattoo. Mm. I always loved that one.
0: I'm I vaguely remember the I'm not a role model commercial by Charles Barkley.
1: Oh, yeah. Um
0: and then of course, I mean, I feel like most of our teenage years were filled with Joe Montana and Michael Jordan doing weird Mervyn's or jockey commercials or no, I'm Mervins. sorry, Haynes commercials. Um two brands that it's like, guys, come on. I I so I don't know. Uh I don't have a favorite um Wheaties. That's the one.
1: I don't know, but now we have a whole major motion picture available on HBO Max that is one big, as I understand it, Warner Brothers commercial. So maybe that'll be my new favorite when I watch it. That's <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, as long as um, R. Kelly's
0: not featured, I think we're winning. Uh, next up from Mama Maple Leaf, the first established coach for the Michigan Agricultural College, Charles Bernies, Bernie bro, uh, was the first athletic director in MSU school history. While also coaching football, basketball, and baseball. So he wasn't an athletic director. He was just a substitute teacher. Uh, rank your choices for AD. Tom Izzo, Susie Merchant, Stacey Slobenick, Stoll,
1: yeah. or Mel Tucker. You don't know any of the women's coaches' names. Uh, I know Susie Merchant. Let's give it to Suze. Let's give it to Susie. Um, I think she would be the best at it.
0: I, I will say... The person that I think would be worst
1: at it is Tom Izzo. Tom Izzo does it will never be an AD, Mo- I, mostly because he m- won't retire until he has a
0: burst blood vessel. On if you told me side. Mel Tucker was going to be AD, I think I might weirdly be okay with that. Yes, yeah. like we that feels like a job he'd be very good at. Actually,
1: we didn't talk about that this all, uh, at all. There's no new smoke. This uh, this week on the whole MSUAD side of things. I mean,
0: so. we had so much smoke on everything else. <laughs> yeah, like, this was this was
1: the most news we've had in a long time. Um, Number three from Mama May Belief: Kelly MacArthur, MSU associate no, professor of st Salchow, Salchow, Kelly Salchow, Salcho. MacArthur. MSU associate professor of graphic design and Olympic rower was tasked to portray a message quote celebrating olympic spirit and the values excellence, friendship and respect through traditional japanese norin curtains which artist's work evokes thoughts of excellence to you
0: uh i do think it's it's interesting that they went outside um because apparently Japanese people not thrilled that this whole thing is happening in the first instance. (laughs) No,
1: they are not. Um. Uh,
0: So it is worth noting as, as um, you know, I think the Olympics have a fair reputation for ravaging the countries that they, that they uh, find themselves in Um, ah, man, doubly so right now, but uh, artists work that invokes excellence for you. Jay Z. Okay. Oh, we're, are we talking not musical articles, artists?
1: I mean, that's enough for me. Um, right. <laughs> that this is too elevated a question for me. Uh, okay. so fair. I'll take Jay-Z next up from Joe Ashworth, Jonesy in a non COVID Olympic year, which group of athletes, whether by sport or by country, do you think are the most fun to party with? I'll go winter Olympics and take the men's and women's Canadian hockey teams I, it occurred to me halfway through this episode that we haven't touched on the Olympics at all. Um, do you care, though? I, I've been watching some of it. I've watched a good amount. And it's notable because... The basketball team is bad. Well, because a number of events that the U.S. used to dominate... Not exactly dominating at the moment. But who do you want to party with?
0: Well, I think it's worth mentioning that you know I blame this fully on the leadership of the past four years. That starts top down. Um, but uh, I mean, Joe, I, I I know Kevin has torn loyalties, but uh, I will say that I'm going to go with Team USA first. Obviously,
1: I don't know what you mean, torn loyalties. Um, no, you know, like, let's be say it say it Michael be a <sighs> man say it to my ears <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'll whisper it in your ears later on but anyway um I think the answer is Jamaican bobsled team
1: that's Ready? rad I want to say Joe Ashworth I think you are on to something with winter olympians definitely being the best partiers i mean. My experience with skiing is that it's half party, and I don't think the swimmers are the best partiers. So. I do you think
0: curling? Curling like that feels like it's
1: bowling. It's a I mean beer the league. kegs are right there already. It's a
0: beer league,
1: come on! Uh, I'm gonna go with the Olympic snowboarders as being the best party guys. I don't know that I want to be friends with them long term, but in like in short
0: verse, Yeah. If you had a night or two that you needed to like spend if, some time. Yeah. If
1: I was at the bar and a team showed up and I wanted to have a good time, I think the snowboarders are where yep. I would go. Yep. 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 Next up with Joe Ashworth, is name, image, and likeness actually helpful to American Olympic athletes because they can compete in college and make some money, or are most Olympic athletes too anonymous to cash
2: in?
0: So- This is an interesting question because first of all, you know, if you win medals, if you medal, there is a payout by the United States uh, and not a small one either. Like it's, I, you know, I think, I think a gold medal is like a quarter mil plus. So does that go to college athletes as well? Do you, Kevin, do you know about this?
1: I don't know. I don't know the... How the prize money
0: works on the amateur athletics because it feels like there should be an exception if you're an Olympic athlete.
1: I don't know. Um, I know that Jordan Weber, you know, like the local flavor here, um, uh, you know, understanding how she had her experience at the games. I don't think she ended up actually competing in college, but I think that was more like a, I've already competed at the highest level. Why would I go compete in college? You know? So, um, I don't know how that works. Uh, and, I think it can only benefit them, though, right? And
0: well, yeah, and and I mean, by the by, like, so name, image, and likeness is is purely that, right? It is your name, your image, and your likeness, your ability to to sell yourself as a as a sponsor for things. So, I I look at the um the Geico commercials that are going on right now with the gymnasts, right? It. I think you do college to train for the Olympics, then you do the Olympics, and you make your paycheck.
2: Hmm. I it, like at some point in time, you're an Olympian or not, and so
0: I I would assume that in the sports in particular that America's is, is, historically excels at that. You're gonna go make that dollar from the Olympics <laughs> and that that you will you'll just pay to go to college at that point in time
1: right yeah uh yeah i I kind of think that this can only benefit uh olympians
0: but yeah but and we've talked about that though too that you know I think of gymnasts in particular who who have um historically large social media following. Mm -hmm. and their ability to cash in on this and just continue to do what they already do. That's, there's no reason that they shouldn't be able to do that. And so um, I don't know how much that affects the Olympics per se, but now you have raised an interesting question about how the cash payouts for medals have been negotiated with college athletes. Because it would be pretty silly to be a gold medalist and see some bro who, you know, is just a guy from a swimming pool who's who's grabbing 250 while you're like, i'm still in college why why <laughs> why drop at drop out of college swimming take your 250 anyway
2: <laughs> next <right>. up
0: uh <laughs> all right this is a great question from joe how do we use conference realignment to kick nebraska and Rutgers? wrong joe Out of the Big Ten, I'm serious.
1: Yeah, Joe, you've sort of found your way into a subject that we've already covered. So uh, I appreciate the question. Um, You know.
0: Capitalize Rutger next time. That's all I'm saying.
1: (laughs) Put some respect on Rutger name.
0: (laughs) Keep the S off, but capitalize. But yeah, uh, I would lose Nebraska in a heartbeat, but you got to pick. We need to pick up two. We need to pick up two. So if you're going to ditch Nebraska, you got to find another one that's AAU qualified and um, and is otherwise a, a, a brings you the eyeballs. I'm rolling we can my agree eyes
1: again as you as you say that.
0: Yeah, but can we agree though that Oklahoma State? Nah,
1: not nah, no. Nah. I had a coworker mention that today.
0: I'm Iowa sure. State? Nah, and
1: I was like, bro.
0: So nah. so we're we're out on the state schools, right?
1: Well, I mean, it depends. It's got to be the right state school. Would and you those... take Texas Tech? Ain't it? No. I mean, I, as much as I love a tortilla factory, no. Baylor? No, absolutely not taking Baylor. All
0: right. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Just throwing some names out there. So Kansas, no. is, it. Kansas I think it, is it. I think
1: it. truly Kansas is it for the Big 12. So it is truly a
0: garbage conference that is run. All right. Anyway, next up, Raymond Chains. Um, why do you think, what's his name, predicted MSU finishing dead last in the conference? And do you think you can make the case that this is wrong? Bonus points if you can point to MSU doing things better than other MSU schools. Oh, okay. Um
1: so we, he's talk- This is another one that we've kind of already covered. So go ahead, Jonesy. Well, so You're he's talking really-
0: about um uh there's some guy who who runs a big preview
1: magazine.
0: that's considered important. Like that- Phil
1: Steele or something like that. That's
0: the one. He picked MSU last. And I think the Cleveland or the Ohio media poll um, also picked mSU last uh so I'll take the back half of Raymond's question first on what mSU does better than other mSU schools almost everything if not everything uh, mSU is a tier one institution in in uh, research it is a pioneer in a lot of fronts. if you need to look really for some very basic things, it is a top flight veterinary school with a top flight veterinary uh medicine practice hospital is the word I was looking for. Um but and is it in terms of brands, if you cover just the revenue sports is is considered uh I, I think we would say top fifteen, top ten in terms of if you're combining brands, adding in Olympic sports, woof. I mean we at least sponsor have- them. The S- well, the SEC barely has any of them. Okay,
1: but uh, I mean, it's hard to make the argument while we're cutting while we're cutting swimming that we, you know, we make a heavy look, emphasis on Olympic sports. We have
0: like twenty-two
1: other sports, man. That's not true. But continue. How, how many sports do we have? Uh, like low teens. I think count them. You, you Google I'm it not, while I'm doing this. I'm you not Google counting it them. I'm anyway. Counting them. We've already uh, covered this, Raymond. Uh, coming,
0: we are not coming in last.
1: Make the case that this is wrong. There are too many moving parts and these magazines have not done all the work on this. That's the I case mean, for why re,
0: Yeah. I mean, Raymond, like really, <laughs> we Purdue still exists. Like it, we're not coming in last. Uh, next up from Raymond chains. I don't know if Alex plum is still suspended. He is. But I'm wondering what he thinks about the Midwest Premier League's level of competition. I went to a Lansing Common Football Club game today.
1: We'll have to put this one on ice for some day when Alex Plum is willing to grace us with his presence.
0: Well, let's be clear, Kevin. He's not really invited back.
1: Ooh. Time to update the old uh, artwork. Yes. uh, They can't read, can't write. uh...
0: Alex, if you're listening, that's why we kept it the way it is. (sighs) Yeah. We you know what we should have deleted it for the weeks that he's been gone. <laughs> uh next up, how long before COVID booster shots are a thing? How long before sports get disrupted again? God, i wish we had Alex back.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh Raymond, uh it's see, I'm I'm catching a theme from here, uh, from you here, sir. Um but uh it does sound like Pfizer wants to sell the US government a booster shot as soon as it can. Uh Next up from Raymond Chains, the long-awaited this week in behind the scenes with Tom Izzo. Izzo calls in a favor with a D three school to coax Stevie out of the transfer portal. <laughs> you lure him is, out.
0: Is that what just happened with the transfer that we got?
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, oh my god, real life it imitates fiction.
0: You know that. Uh, you know that Fair State, by the way, won a national championship.
1: I did know that. Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, so Fair
0: State is a good school.
1: Continuing, um, and, and they were just, they're the most recent Michigan school in the Division One Hockey National Championship, I believe. Yeah, that's not a real sport. Okay. Um, <laughs> continuing on, Tom Mezzo admits he hasn't slept since Imani Bates expressed uncertainty, which a little bit more than uncertainty. Well, he's but now one right is top five. Now it is uncertainty. It was not uncertainty then, now it is. Uh, think. no dose Wait, what is that?
0: Uh, thanks to Nodos and email checking. Uh, wait, oh yes, thanks to Nodos and email checking. Tom's YouTube channel, uh, YouTube cooking channel, is a hit in Japan. Hashtag wait, Tommy Red Sauce. It's
1: Nodos. Oh, it's uh, caffeine pills. Ah, uh, see, I'm not in the stimulants here. I don't have all the information.
0: Yeah, it's like a. That's an old school like. Uh, I'm driving or something and I'm, you know, I need to pick up a a thing to not fall asleep while I'm driving.
1: I love the idea of Tom Izzo getting really heated over spaghetti and like people in Japan or other cultures just loving it. I He's love like, the idea like that screaming
0: that Tom Izzo needs a, uh, a creative outlet that he has the time uh to, <laughs> To start a YouTube channel. And it's not basketball related at all.
2: Like
1: and, it's clear life's passion. And Tommy Red Sauce. Is that red is in the sauce that he's making, or is that red is in you know, face <laughs> is red as he gets <laughs> so upset about the sauce? Um, I love it. I like this one. I also like the idea of like Stevie Izzo just accepting his place in the transfer portal void, and then we have to like work him out of there. Um, yes. I think that's great. Uh, next up from Anthony Garvert. Uh, prop bet of the week. Number of gold medals from USA at the Tokyo Olympics versus the highest number of points scored by MSU football this season. Over under at 41.5. This is also really good. How does he do these things? Oh, my God.
0: All right. So, Kevin, I, I have to ask you a very direct question. I need you on the record. You've got to say this out
2: loud. Do you believe that this year MSU has a competent offensive line?
0: On the record, no equivocating, yes or no? Uh,
1: Competent relative to what you would expect for a college football team or competent relative to last season?
0: Competent as you would expect for a Big Ten team. No. (laughs) No. So I think that answers Kevin Grex's back half of the question. MSU will not score that many points unless they can run the ball. They won't, right? Yeah. So I, however, am choosing over, over because America.
1: Yeah, I I don't know, like, are the Hilltoppers any good? Like, there are times where you can just... Apparently
0: they're actually pretty okay for
1: okay what about youngstown does that even count in this well i mean trestle's
0: there trestle's there
1: as the president he'll be up in this suite in spartan stadium
0: yeah he's avoiding that sanction like nobody's business and is just calling those plays down (laughs) he's he's up in that trustee suite just guys guys power right left power right left
1: uh, all right. Uh, I love that one, Garv. That, that is fantastic. Uh, next up from John Hubbard in the looming conference realignment slash dissolution of the big 12, <laughs> what teams would you see come to the big 10? Again, we kind of covered this. I think it's Kansas and, and nothing else. Do you disagree? I mean, yeah.
0: Cause I, I don't think Kansas gives you the Kansas city market. I, I mean, you could, you, would you take K state? I don't think so. Yeah, so you don't take K-State. You're not taking Iowa State. You're not. I mean, honestly, if I was going to take anybody out of that group that wasn't Kansas, it's probably Baylor.
1: I just don't think Baylor. I I disagree with you entirely on that. But if you had to take a second school out out of the Big 12, who would you take?
0: You have to take I, a second. I would
1: have to do some research on this. It might be like a, a K-State. It might be a. I I would have to spend time on this. I think that there is just a chasm after Kansas in terms of teams that are worth kind of pursuing. I mean, the fact that Missouri openly petitioned to be in the Big Ten and the Big Ten didn't even, like, return those calls... Kind of oh, well, gives yeah. you an indication of what we're talking about here.
0: Of yeah, like, no, no, no. I mean, I, I don't disagree. I, I mean, I'm just merely suggesting that if I had to pick a different school, that's probably.
1: I think I'd take a a K K-State or an Oklahoma State over a Baylor. I'm taking um,
0: that. I'm taking that Dallas media market
1: I just all don't day, think every day. They
0: command the Dallas media, but I could be mistaken. No, of course they don't because they're Baylor. Like, but but it's about the number of TVs you can you can tack on as a as an audience for Fox and the Big Ten Network.
1: All right. Next up from John Hubbard, uh, I don't disagree with the with your point. I just disagree that anyone thinks that Baylor would accomplish such a such a feat. Um, <laughs> next up from John Hubbard, Twitter questions prize for August. Yes, we. <laughs> Yeah, this is a problem. The winner gets the pod's athletic account info so they can share in the stories you talk about on air. John, the thing is, and
0: you know what, you know what we ought to do as a pod? We ought to like ping Colton Pouncey to come on here and, and promote his wares. Because honestly, I'd love to show Colton, but uh, John, get the subscription.
1: Uh, yeah i you know what i love the most about this is that it's a double shot at us
0: <laughs> like w- you promised to do an august
1: competition no it well maybe triple then like there is no clear prize and we read uh, or we talk about uh content that's behind a paywall that not everyone has access to um and finally from john hubbard Did Greg get his registration in on time for East Lansing City Council? Having someone in the city government would be a good way to boost listenership. John, Uh,
0: I think a good way to boost listenership would you to be out there spreading the word like the Wells Hall Preacher. I think that's the answer.
1: Yeah. Uh, We need to get you some sidewalk chalk so you can write up some can't read, can't write sidewalk chalking.
0: That's ironic as well because you wrote it. But uh, Kevin, you've... um, You flirted with putting your hat in the ring.
1: And then I learned what it means to actually be on East Lansing city council. And it sounds like a horrible decision.
0: Yeah. How many people just retired abruptly because of craziness on behalf of the other parts of the council?
1: Here's where we're at with East Lansing city council. There are going to be in this election, three open seats. The people that are occupying those three seats that are up for re-election, none of them will have been previously elected. Greater than half of the East Lansing City Council will have been appointed because the other people left their role for one reason or another. It is a thankless job that pays no money, and I don't know why anyone's doing it. But I will say that this year's crop of candidates, pretty impressive, actually. So, someone... Someone might know better than me, but uh, you know, I'm on uh, I'm more of a like hang out on the planning commission, you know, soft power type of guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd rather mm-hmm. be in the shadows. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see.
0: So, John, I think the answer is to get networking for Kevin and get him appointed somewhere. I think yeah, yeah, really yeah. Um, anyway, Kevin, this I haven't looked at the timestamp, but I've had a lot of fun. Oh God. All right, buddy. I looked at the timestamp. This has been a lot of fun. Uh,
1: it's officially football season?
0: Yeah. We've got stuff to talk about now. So <laughs> uh all right. So mark your calendar down for some position previews. It's about time to get rocking and rolling. And uh I guess to John Hubbard, um, there will be no prizes. Kevin, go green.
1: Go away, Michael Jones.